Yezare. Wezo. Why did you say Wezo? I thought it was like Mia, Mia Wezo. Yeah, no, I just took the Mia, which is like you are welcome. So I'm just saying welcome. Oh, okay. Right, 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 right. Makes sense. It's like, all right, I guess. But mm-hmm. in, in like, um, in Frafra, if you say Zara, it's, it just like fits on its own. Every Usually, situation? Every situation, if you go somewhere, just like Zara. Unless maybe it's like um, many people and you want to greet all of them, mm-hmm. then you're like, yes, Zara. Uh, so it's like indicating the plural you're referring to many people. Yeah, that's, that's kind of like what the Mia is. For us. Oh, okay. So it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So Wezo and standard welcome. Oh, right. If you want right, to right. Say address people. multiple people, then you say Mia Wezo. Wait, so if you're talking to one person, you can't say Mia Wezo? No, you just say Wezo. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Then I guess yeah, it's the same. We have that in common. <laughs> right, 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 right. All right. Anyway, um, yes. Hello and welcome to another episode of Africa's Untold Stories. So, Sarah, what episode is this? This is probably eight or seven. I have a feeling it's one of those. We should be keeping count. I think it's we should be keeping count. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, all right, all right. Okay, I think it's. I also think it's eight. Yeah, it has. Yes, to be eight. Episode eight of Africa's Untold Stories. Yo. And today we are going to talk about, um, well, a different. It's, it's, I think the first time we're doing something along these lines. Yep, it is. We've talked about kingdoms and individuals, but mm-hmm. now we're going to talk about uh, medical operation, which is very weird for me, at least. <laughs> Considering the only thing I like about medicine and doctors is the fact that they've extended human lifespan. Actually, I'm not so sure if I like that. You're supposed to. Oh, no, I mean for the rest of humanity. Well, you're supposed to. Eh. Anyway, yes, uh, today's Your dark side episode. Is <laughs> <laughs> today's uh, episode is entitled "Traditional C-section in Uganda: A Lesson on Ancient Medicine in Africa." Uh, yes. So, um, for today's episode, we are going to um, give you an insight, a sort of um, partial narration into. Uh, a caesarean section an account sorry of a caesarean section that took place in modern day uganda in 1879 hmm. it's like 19th century yes 19th century so 1879 a really long time ago wait were c-sections common back in the day i'm guessing the story is unique because they weren't common back in the day yeah, so C-sections were not common at any in any part of the world at this point in time. In a sense, I mean, in a sense, they were not a rare thing because um, if a child and the mother is dying and you need to cut open the mother, the thinking was, I we are cutting open the mother to save the child's life, so the mother is going to die. Huh, a worthy sacrifice. Something along those lines. So it was kind of like um, C-sections are were done, but they were done with the intention of the mother dying so it's like a, it's not really a c-section it's like a, i don't know a half a half c-section or something yeah, this, this, this sounds very gruesome this i don't know women have had the short end of most of the historical stuff. yeah i mean that that that's that's the like when you think about it it's funny like I mean, that's why um, so many religions explain it with stories like Adam and Eve. Like, yeah, they did something really bad. I mean, that's the only explanation. <laughs> <laughs> it's not unfortunately, sad, yes, unfortunately. 
so today's um episode as we've mentioned earlier is a bit different and we're going to take on a medical experience thankfully serum here is um what, what was it again your course um well, i'm a graduate of biomedical engineering yes there's med inside yeah but which that is sufficient a, why why would you assume that <laughs> yeah you should have taken the lead next time we're doing anything medical you're taking the lead yeah i mean give me a heads up and i'll be all down for it all right so um the story we're about to tell you is one that took place in 1879 mm-hmm. when uganda wasn't called uganda i'm guessing no uganda wasn't, <laughs> <called>. <laughs> uganda wasn't called uganda um uh at this point in time uganda was made up of um, different kingdoms and one of these kingdoms was the kingdom of Bunyoro. Bunyoro. Yes, um, which was um, uh, ruled by the Nyoro people, an ethnic group called the Nyoro people. Mm-hmm. And um, the story we're about to tell is, is largely fascinating for many reasons. But one of the things that fascinates me the most about this story is the... Um, the fact that we are talking about C-section mm-hmm. and the C-section that was unusual for its time in the sense that it was meant to save the lives of both the mother and, and the, child. the child. And yet it happened in a kingdom that was largely isolated from the rest of the world. Which means they could not have learned it from anyone else. Which means they could not have learned it from anyone else. Which means they had to hone their skill over the years. They had to do that, exactly. I hope there are no records showing how many people ki- were killed before. They might have had like it. an entire grave <laughs> <laughs> filled with dead women. Oh, good God. Before the they finally figured out how to do women. it. You know, I think next time we, we screen this episode with a woman before we... Like something like this. Before we, before we put it out. Yeah, because it sounds like we are just... You know, but at least the good news is that eventually they were saving both women. Oh yeah, yeah, and the yeah, children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually they were saving both the women and the children, huh. and it's something that actually happened for a long time. So um, when it gets to a point where um, the from the way the medical aspects at the time, mm-hmm. all right, you know what? Let's start the story, and then we'll get into that part. Okay, what sure. I was trying to yes. say. All right, great. So, so whose account was this exactly? Yes, um, so this account was uh, written by uh, a British, well, he wasn't a doctor at the time. He was still a medical student. He hadn't finished, but he was what they called um, a medical missionary and an explorer. Interesting. Yes, a British man by the name Robert Falcon. Falcon. Yes. He he toured um, many parts of Africa, mm-hmm. and he became so um, well-versed in um, African... Um, uh, health practices he actually um, wrote a few books on tropical medicine wow yeah african tropical medicine Wait, so, so, so he left he left britain mm-hmm. he left britain to come, to come and, and study african medical practices yes not necessarily for the fact of um uh going back to advanced british medicine or anything like yeah, that but but it's just his because yeah. he said he was a missionary yeah medical he, missionary Mm-hmm. So he went. He went to many places in Africa, including Zanzibar. I believe it was on one of those routes that he actually 
came across the village that we we're going to talk about. Okay. It wasn't actually even his um, destination. He wasn't. He didn't mean to go to Bunyoro. Uh. He was passing through Bunyoro to go to a different location. Mm. Yes. Um, anyway, yes. So uh, this man, Robert Falcon, a medical missionary in 1879, visited a village by the name Kahura. Hmm. I think some record the village name as Katura. Oh, so it's an H or a T. Oh, sorry, no. Kahu, Kahu, yeah, Katura. I think some record it as Katura. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, in uh, 1879, he passed through this uh, village on one of his journeys. And at this point in time, he was um, recording um, labor practices okay. in Central or the area around Central Africa. I say the area around because although he might have seen that Central Africa today, Uganda is considered Eastern African. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was how he ended up over there. He was a medical missionary going around. And he, okay. So he's, he's just passing by and then he sees something that catches his eye. Yeah. So he decides to document it. He decides to document it. Because okay. he was... You know, my interest is big. Let's jump straight to the story. Yeah, let's jump straight into the story. Great. So, um, 1879, Robert Felking, and he finds himself in this village mm-hmm. called Kahura. And in the village, he there are a lot of people mm-hmm. surrounding a particular hut. Oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And he finds out... Uh, he learns that they are going to perform a C-section. Of course, at that point in time, it's not called a C-section. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to cut some woman and yeah, bring going a baby to cut out. Some <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the funny thing is, um, this wasn't the first time he knew of such a practice in Africa. Oh. But the the unfortunate issue was that the other um, kingdoms he had been to, where he had witnessed such practices, mm-hmm. he knew the, what you call it, the woman was expected to die. Oh. Okay, so they didn't care if she survived or not. Well, more like uh, might be that, but they. I think it's more like they felt the. It was you have to choose the life of the mother or the the, the baby. Child, uh-huh. Yes, if it gets to an instance where the mother can't actually present the baby, you have to choose between one of them, and then every time we always pick the baby because why not? I guess. Um, well, plus, I think it was also easier to pick the baby instead of the mother. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, back then, how would they ensure that Yeah, they, you'd probably have to give the mother some concoctions to kill the baby or something, but that's a lot of pain, and there's no guarantee she'd survive and mm-hmm. those kind of things. So uh, slicing someone open is much easier than all of that. Damn, you make it sound so easy. Slicing. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I think it was easy for them. Oh, well. Yes. Anyway, back to the story. Mm-hmm. So, um, Robert Falcon. When Mr. Falcon, mm-hmm. a resident British um, um, recorder, when he gets to the village and he finds out what's going on, and um, he's he enters the hut, the birthing hut. Well, he was allowed to go in. Yeah, he was allowed to go in. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Africans have always been nice to white people. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, sometimes it's not reciprocated. <laughs> uh, but let's go. So he's allowed yes. to go in to witness this. Yes, he's allowed to go in to witness this. In in um in one of his his other journeys, when he was allowed to go in, he the the people allowed him to examine the 
lady. Mm-hmm. And when he did, uh, I think he was able to diagnose what was wrong with her. And he resolved it so they didn't have to do the C-section. Oh, nice. Keep in mind, this is one of the places where the mother was not supposed to survive. Supposed to survive. Lord. <laughs> yes. So uh, I think in this same instance, when he went to this other place and then he saw that a C-section was about to happen, he was probably thinking the same thing. Oh, oh like, no. oh, they're about to kill a poor woman. <laughs> yes, let me go and help. But when he went there, the people told him not to interfere. interrupt. Yeah. Yo. So he was only allowed to stand and watch. Mm-hmm. He wasn't allowed to interfere with anything they were doing. So... um he actually, and he, 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 when he did the recordings, he actually has some, um, some sketches on, on, um, the event. I oh. think, yeah, we, we'll put a link for the sketches in okay. the, yeah, in Wait, the is description. It, is, it, is it appropriate to go up on social? It's medical. It, even yeah. if it's a drawing of the vagina, it's understandable. <laughs> um, right. So he, when he went to witness what was happening mm-hmm. in the hut, there were, there was, of course, the woman who was going to give birth. Mm-hmm. And she was laid on an inclined bed. Okay. There was a man, the priest. Hmm. Okay. Yes, with a, um, a blade in his hand. A Yeesh. big blade in his hand. Okay, I understand why he wanted to interfere now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he had, he had an assistant, two assistants. Um, one assistant was holding the legs of the woman mm-hmm. and the other assistant was um, standing on the s- side of the abdomen, one side of the abdomen. Uh-huh. And the priest himself was standing on the other side of the abdomen. Okay. Yes. So then the also um, they bound the woman's thorax and her thighs okay. to the bed. Okay. Yes. To secure her. To secure her. And they intoxicated her. Mm-hmm. With um, banana wine. Oh, to help with the pain. Yes. So it's like a version of anesthesia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. And and keep in mind, this was this was at a point where anesthesiology was not a thing in many parts of the world. Yeah. So people are going through surgeries wide open and all that pain gushing through. Yeah. But these these ones knew to use banana wine to intoxicate the patient yeah, as and, anesthesia. Yeah. Wow. And not just that, they also used the wine to, before the surgeon started, he washed his hands with the banana wine and he washed the abdomen Are of the lady serious? with the wine as well. So I mean, they, they understood the concept of antiseptics. Yeah. And, you know, gems. Yes. They knew what gems were. Apparently. Okay. Uh, I, okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's amazing. And this is one of the things that will make you, when you think about it, you realize... Wow, so this they must they must have been doing something like this for a very long time. Yeah. For them to realize that if you don't wash your hands with the banana wine before you use actual water, Some you infection might yeah. could happen. That's exactly. Because even in a case like this, the woman could survive the process, mm-hmm. but then she die later from the infection. Yes, that's so, true. Yeah, they were able to trace that whole thing back to them not washing their hands back to them not doing that exactly even knowing to use the wine which was alcohol based yes that is amazing that's it's it's incredible when you think about it did they learn it from someone nope i told you they were largely isolated until somewhere in the 1800s so this is something they knew for generations and they knew it very well that is that's amazing yes it's 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 impressive it's very impressive yeah Okay, so um, after the surgeon does all of that... Wait, so the priest is a surgeon, right? Yes, the priest is a surgeon. You okay. know how many African um, traditions, like the witch yes. doctors sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
T'Challa. Yeah. <laughs> so he he the 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 surgeon actually the priest he actually says incantations before he starts. Ah. So like when he's holding the knife, then he starts, you know, giving some things inside. Honestly, if I time traveled and witnessed this. I would have shot someone before. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. That's that's just that's just the power of media, though. Like if you think about it, like you do that because when you watch and see anything where something like that happens, something bad is about, to, about follow to follow. Up. That's true. Yeah, you don't see even African movies. You don't see African movies with a priest holding a knife that is meant to be a good thing. Yeah, but then in for a fact, it's a it's a fact that in many African traditions, the priests often doubled as um healers and this is not just something that happened in some parts of africa even in ancient egypt mm-hmm. it happened ancient north africa west africa southern africa it was all over the place huh. yeah okay so um anyway so uh, when the surgeon finished um washing the stuff and then doing his incantations he let out some sort of cry like a rallying cry sort of thing oh and to um, boost morale of the mother no, the mother is she's she's dazed, she's gone. like, like she's, she's gone. Yeah, she doesn't really know what's going on around her. Oh, oh, so I sure the people outside waiting. Uh, well, when he does it, the people outside respond. Okay, so like some tradition, something like more of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Exactly, more of him. <laughs> yes. So um, he uses the knife after the you know after the whole crowd outside mm-hmm. continues give the vim and stuff. He uses the knife um, to cut. The lower around the lower abdomen mm-hmm. um, to sever the abdominal wall of the lady and the uterus, mm-hmm. so that the amniotic fluid will come out. Yeah. When he when he does that, he um, some of the points in the you know the woman mm-hmm. that he cuts when they're bleeding, they use the um, red hot irons. Ooh. Okay, well, it's a good yeah. thing she's like. <clears throat> it's a good thing she's not awake. She's not awake for this. Yeah, it, it would have been very horrible. But um, yes, luckily she was not awake for them to do all those things. So once they um, they once they do that, mm-hmm. the assistants I should have mentioned. You know, I mentioned that the assistant was holding one side of the abdomen while yeah. the man, the priest was performing. The other end. Yeah. So the assistant who is um. The assistant who is on one side, he's holding the both sides of the um, abdominal wall mm-hmm. with his hands. So you know the woman has been cut open, yeah, and he's holding the abdominal wall with his hands with his hands, and he has uh, two fingers in the uterus. Okay. Yes. So while he's in that holding the woman in that position, mm-hmm. the priest. Puts his hand in and takes out the baby. Okay. So it's supposed to be like a quick thing. It's supposed to be like a quick thing. Okay. When this thing came out, you know, some of the Europeans, mm-hmm. doctors and scientists, one of the reasons why they found this so hard to believe was the the accuracy, the precision, yeah. and the ease with which the people actually do it. Where they cut, the use of the iron to prevent excess loss of blood. Exactly. Everything is... Everything is just it's on point. Yeah. Something that, you know, they've been doing, they've mastered it mm-hmm. well enough. Yeah, so when, when they, the priest takes a child out of the, the woman, mm-hmm. he cuts the cord and then he gives the child to one of the assistants. And, um, after that, you know, he drops the knife and then he squeezes the uterus mm-hmm. with both hands. And then the, uh, he yeah. cleans the, 
the wound. Yeah, the clots. Okay. It cleans the clots and the placenta mm-hmm. from the uterus, and then they try to um, stop or limit the bleeding. Okay. Now, this is the part where they almost mess things up. Okay. Yeah. So apparently, when when that happened, and you know, after they take now the baby and then the priest is um, cleaning the clots and the uh, placenta from the uterus, mm-hmm. um, the assistant of the priest was um, trying to prevent the intestines of the lady oh yes um from escaping through the wound wow yes um so that's where this is the part which is toughest because you saved the baby's life but then that was now, easy the, now, woman, the, the woman the mother yes uh so they used the red hot iron mm-hmm. mentioned before they used that to um limit the bleeding but um according to falcon who recorded this it was used apparently Okay. So, um, you can interpret that one of two ways. Either at this point in time, the assistant probably panicked, or maybe the assistant was not sure mm-hmm. what to do. Or maybe he messed up or something. So, but then he did. So, they, they managed to um, do that well enough, uh, apparently, to um, eventually to limit the bleeding. And then they uh, squeezed the uterus mm-hmm. back together, you know, the... Yes. Yeah, and they, they tied a uh, porous grass mat. Okay. So uh, this is right now the woman the woman has not been closed up though. Yes. It's just being held together. Uh-huh. And so while she's held together, they, they tie a, a grass mat around her. Around her. Okay. And then they, they turn her so they, they loosen the bands on her mm-hmm. and then they turn her over. So she's lying on her belly? Yeah, no, no, she's not. They don't make her her belly go on the floor. Okay. Yeah, they just they just turn her over. Okay, so, so the the inclined thing she's lying on. Um, no, 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 it wasn't the inclined thing. They turned the woman herself over, so they lose okay. the bound, the okay. bounds. Okay, I see. Yes, and then they turn the woman herself over, mm-hmm. so that um the fluid left in the abdominal cavity will drain, drain away. Drain out. Okay. Yes, and once they're done with that, they turn her and put her back on the inclined surface. Wow. Yes. And after that, the mat is the mat is removed, mm-hmm. and the edges are held together. The woman, sorry, the woman, the yes. woman's edges where she was cut, where she was cut, yes, they are held together. Mm-hmm. Now the priest has these polished iron spikes, okay, small polished iron spikes, mm-hmm. and um, he inserts them into the woman's skin, okay. So when he inserted into the woman's skin, there, there were seven of them. Hmm. So one after the other, he inserted into the woman's skin. Now this woman was in La La Land while everything mm-hmm. was happening so far, but the insertion of the iron spikes into her skin was so painful, she cried out loud. Apparently, oh. man. But I mean, it's eighteen seventy nine, so you can let that slide. I I I, I want to, but damn, that that still hurt. <laughs> yeah, it hurts. It hurt though. Like but that. I'm guessing this is like an attempt to close her up. Yes. Okay. Closing her up. This is the closing her up part of things. Like I'm following everything in my head and it's still fascinating to me. Like pain yeah. and everything aside, this is really fascinating. Okay. So they're, they're inserting spikes. Yes. Seven of them. Yeah, they insert seven spikes into her and then they um uh, use a paste made up of pulped roots to plaster over the wound. And then they um they cover it with banana leaf. Okay. And the what do you call it? Um a bandage 
bandage cloth. Mm-hmm. Wait, they had bandage cloths. Yeah. Well, it's a cloth they're using as a bandage. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, tightened around the the belly. Yes, where mm-hmm. the incision happened. Yeah. So that's it. That's how she was dealt with. That's fascinating. She didn't die. Yes, which is good news. Which is good news. But, you know, with these things, you can survive the process and then you die days later. Mm -hmm. So Falcon stayed around for a few more days to observe the progress of the mother and the child. Okay. To see what happened to them. Mm -hmm. And um, he stayed for 11 days. Okay. And the uh, child apparently had a slight cut on its uh, shoulder. Oh. From the process. Okay. However, it was fine. It mm-hmm. was healed in yeah, four days. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't that deep. Yeah. So the healers um, applied stuff to it and it healed in four days. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and apparently the mother's temperature during... This is a period that um, Felking was observing. The mother's temperature rose only on one day of the 11 days he was there. And her uterine discharge was healthy. Interesting. Yes. Uh, apparently her milk was not... Um, coming out well uh, often mm-hmm. but i think that's okay you are the former medical expert i'm not a medical expert <laughs> former medical expert I'm an engineer <laughs> hey bio bio what medical thank you we good fine is it's good is that is that is that is that linked could that be linked to the c-section the fact that her milk wasn't coming out well initially i do not know see i can't really tell i would rather ask ella Cause she had a project in this, right? But I'm guessing, I'm guessing that if if it's hormonal based, then it could be linked. It could be linked to yeah. the C-section, right? So yes, uh, as I mentioned earlier, her, her uterine discharge was healthy and everything. Um, on the third day, mm-hmm. that Falcon was there. That was after the um, yeah operation. Uh, the wound, you know, where the yeah. spikes were, it was dressed, and one of the spikes were pulled out. And then on the fifth day, three of the spikes were pulled out. And then the remainder were pulled out on the sixth day. So it's a methodical thing. Yep. They knew after this number of days, we should take this out. We should be able to do this. We should be able to do that. This is so good. Yeah. And uh, each time they did it, they applied a fresh dressing on the wound. And each time they squeezed out a little pus. Pus. I mean, it's it's normal, Brian. Get used to it. Yeah. Well, if I did, I'd be a doctor. If I saw if I wanted to, I'd be a doctor. Because <laughs> I was going to say it's not too late. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, right. So uh, Falcon had to leave after 11 days, of course. Yeah, I mean, he was on his way somewhere. Yeah. And um, the woman the woman survived. Mm-hmm. She was she was she fine, fine for the time that he was there. And there was nothing to prove that she died along the line because she was healthy. She was moving about and doing everything she had to do. And this is not an account written by us that we could see was by us. Yeah, this is not. Yeah, this is not an account that would be like, oh, this guy. To end Felkin's story, mm-hmm. when when Felkin witnessed this, he wrote it down and everything, and he he compiled it in in a, a writing of his mm-hmm. called the um, Notes on Labor in Central Africa. That was what he called his work. Well, Felkin wrote a lot of works in his lifetime. And this particular one, Notes on Labor in Central Africa. That's, that's, the, that's the one that had the account. That's the one that has this account. And okay. he, he, um, he published it in, um, in a journal. I think it's Edinburgh University. I hope. How was it received? 
Yes, that's the thing. So, um, <laughs> uh, I believe he, yes, he published it in 1884. Mm-hmm. And when he did the, so, the funny thing is in reading one, one other scientist accounts, he talks about how when Felking published it, um, remarkably, Felking sort of like brushed over it, like it wasn't his main point. Yeah. <laughs> so I he know. didn't make a big deal out of it. And I think perhaps part of the reason that is because Felking had seen lots of C-sections happen in Africa. And although this was the first time he had seen one where the mother was also intended to survive, mm-hmm. to him, he might have felt like it was just a matter of time that he'd see something Someone, like that. Yeah. I mean... Because of how, you know, uh, how common, common the was. practice was to him. Yeah. In Africa of all places. Yeah, it must have been like, oh, wow. <laughs> and the <laughs> funny thing is, so when, when Felking, um, published it and he allowed him to translate into German and what, what, um, he'd find, he, the scientific community, some of the doctors and things that's here, they don't believe him. They, they, they take it with skepticism. Like, this is not possible, especially in Africa. It's like, even they weren't getting stuff yeah. like that done. And like, if you, at this point in time, uh, 1879 mm-hmm. um, anesthesia wasn't a thing in Europe yeah antiseptic wasn't a thing in Europe were done expecting death and and I I saw that around even this portion this this uh, time period mm-hmm. um, some most surgeons in Europe actually only washed their hand after the surgery oh wow <laughs> what what, what, what? <laughs> They wash their hand after the surgery. Well, cause, so they're washing the disgusting human fluids on their hands off. Off, yeah. So it's it's more of that. It's, so just, it's, for, it's for them. It's for them. It's not, not for, for the, the patients. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it's so all of that. All of that. If you think of all of that, contributes to how impressive and amazing this thing is. This story and, is um, great. Yeah. So if um, some some people wanted to doubt Phil King because you know he was the only person. Was the only European who had witnessed this and written about it. But then, if you look at all his other works, mm-hmm. he was um, he was a well respected person, and he didn't actually write any nonsense. He wrote things. Okay, so we, so he has he has his integrity speaking. Yes, for him. he has his integrity speaking for him. Okay, and I think that's part of the reason why he didn't even bother to defend himself. Yeah, I mean, let the let the science do the talking. Yeah, the man had nothing to worry about, <laughs> and he he apparently um he borrowed or he asked for the priest, the priest who did the operation. He asked for his knife. Mm-hmm. We'd include the link of that also in the description. Ooh, priest knife. Yes. Can we buy that somewhere? Well, it's in some, it's, uh, currently, he gave it to a certain, uh, man. I think the man is called Welcome. Don't ask Welcome? me why. Don't, don't, don't ask okay. me. <laughs> and it's in, it's in a museum, uh, with the man's name or something somewhere in the U- UK. UK. Yes. Okay. I need to go hire Killmonger for this operation. Oh man, that'd be cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> let, let me know when you There was a point in time when there was an illness going around. Which, which, um, they believed at that point, well, the white people at that point in time, um, mm-hmm. believed there was one illness and they, they told the, they heard that there was a man, uh, a neuroman who could heal. Wow. This, who could heal that particular ailment. Mm-hmm. So they go and, they go and get him and everything and they do all those sorts of, uh, processes to, you know, diagnose. Not not to diagnose, um, but instead to um, test 
the man's um, remedy for the ailment. Okay. So um, what they, what they, the ailments that they were trying to cure was sleeping sickness. The white people at that point in time, they, they heard when he could fix it, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when he comes in and then he's trying to, they, they test his remedy, they find out that it doesn't work. Okay. And that's because the, what the, it was actually a loss in trans, uh, um, a mistranslation. Okay. So the ailment he was, um, curing was, um, the plague, not, um, oh, so the remedy the guy provided was, was for to the, cure plague, the plague, not sleeping sickness. So they'd only find this out when they try his remedy. But the interesting thing I wanted to mention was the fact that, so the reason this guy was able to come up with a solution was because when the people in the kingdom started suffering from this illness, mm-hmm. they, the king called the man to look for a solution. Okay. So the man goes about experimenting and all those kind of things. I imagine definitely people died. I know. But the point is, <laughs> but he was experimenting. Exactly. He was going about experimenting, following some kind of method. Unfortunately, he didn't write his method down. Of course not. But <laughs> he was going about experimenting, following some kind of method, mm-hmm. and he got this solution for the plague to heal his people. That's amazing. Yes, and this is in in um what you call it in Uganda. Century Uganda. Yeah, Eastern Africa. Well, actually, actually, this particular thing happened in 1902. So okay, so it's 20th. 20th century. Right. Yeah, early part of 20th century. Uh-huh. That's when this one happened. Not the C. C section was eight, 18, 1800th century. Yeah. yeah, and this one was 1902. Okay. And just to, to give another example of, of, um, some sort of process in Africa, uh, similar to this in, there's actually two instances. Also, one also in Uganda and in Nigeria. A similar okay. instances of a, a bowel surgery, uh-huh. and in the when they did it, they use um in the Nigerian one when they cut the guy open and they they replace his bowels apparently mm-hmm. they they put a um a, a small calabash inside him okay and um put his skin back over it for it to heal over it oh, and wow. keep the bowel in place. And a similar thing happened in Uganda in modern day Uganda where they did that and they used a, a small gourd. To keep wow. it in place. Well, so Africa had advanced in medicine to this point. Advanced in some senses, I guess. Mm-hmm. And one of the, when, when you think about it too, one of the impressive things is how they were using things from around them. Yeah. Like the, they were using wine as antiseptic, banana wine yes. as antiseptic. And anesthesia. Yeah. And this is something they got around from them. Mm-hmm. Using calabash to hold intestines. And I this know. is something they have. That's amazing. Like the, the practicality of the simple things yes. around them that they that were they able found to. such good use for. Exactly. It's all, it's all very impressive. It's mind boggling. Mm. Think about it. And this, these are things we know they did without any outside influence. Yeah. Okay. So now we've heard of C-sections. We've heard of what? an neuro man having a cure to the plague right and then all these other surgeries with the pots and the gourds is there anything else or should we just reserve that for another episode entirely um unfortunately we don't know most of the other processes were not recorded yeah people recording them (laughs) in such detail i have to start recording my life just in case (laughs) just in case you die and then well someone looks for a general what was the life of an Ewe boy in Accra. 
Oh, look at this journal. Yeah. Sarah Mofuri's journal. <laughs> well documented by himself. Yo, it'd be funny though, because a lot of those things happen. Like just like people, people who recorded things in the past are uh-huh. well known now. Yes. For the fact that they recorded, they recorded some people. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, uh, there, there's, there's, aside the Nigerian other one I mentioned with the bowels and mm-hmm. stuff like that, there, um, there is a recording of, um, uh, amputation done in Sudan. Oh, wow. Yeah. In, uh, somewhere in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. You know, man's leg was cut off and, um, like intentionally. Stopped. Yeah, intentionally. Um, I'm presuming it must have been for some sort of infection. Okay. And, um, this, this other one is very impressive. Um, in medieval times, there is record of um, African surgeons, black African surgeons, in mm-hmm. case anyone is confused. <laughs> Not Arabs. Okay. So the black. Because when you mention something like this, they are going to be all oh, oh, probably okay. the Arabs now. Uh-huh. Black African surgeons in Mali, modern day Mali, Timbuktu, mm-hmm. performing cataract surgery. Oh. I do not know how it was done. Unfortunately, how? the process wasn't recorded. Cataract? Yes, but it was a thing. They performed cataract surgery. I'm like, how how did they do? I want to go back in time. I know. <laughs> I mean, why? How? Wait, how? 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 I don't know, man. I don't know. But yeah, it was recorded that uh, it was a thing for that to happen in, in Timbuktu, medieval Timbuktu. Thank you for joining us. That was uh, another lovely episode of Africa's Untold Stories. Yeah, a very fascinating one. I yes, a very, very fascinating one. And uh, we're glad you could join us. Uh, next week, where are we going, Serum? I don't know. I have a feeling next week we should do something else. Something different. Something like, along the Epic of Mwendo lines. Yeah. Oh, speaking of the Epic of Mwendo, you notice how um, in this story there were a lot of bananas? Yes. Just like Epic of Mwendo. I remember Mwindo. that too. It's like, huh, <laughs> banana wine. Yeah, banana wine. It's probably wine. pee, but it wasn't. Banana paste. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've never yeah. heard of anyone go drunk on pee, so. Yeah, this wasn't pee. This wasn't, this wasn't a trick. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Um, so next episode, where are we going? Um, like down, down. Down, down. We're going down, down. Mm. All right. Next episode, we are going to Southern Africa. Yes. That, the southern the, tip of the continent. The clean version of what I said. <laughs> <laughs> We're I going. have this own deal, officially. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, thank you once again for joining us. And we'll catch you next time. Follow us on Twitter at... At Africa's underscore untold S. And on Instagram at Africa's Untold Stories to keep updated with us. And um, guess we'll catch you later. Yeah. Peace.